You're tuning into Majoring in the Minors Podcast. Join Mahi and Louie for the podcast you deserve, but not the one you need right now. It is what it is, but it isn't what you thought it won't be. Obviously, for a lot of people here, my childhood might seem interesting, but I'm really interested in you guys because like you both went from, you know, well, uh, France and Mexico to China, right? Yeah. So actually introduce yourself and say a little bit and like and then go from like the main topic that we want to talk about was like traveling from west to east mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh yeah um as you saw i'm alexandra Solis, and i'm from mexico and this is my best friend that i met in china okay well we met in china yeah so i feel like that counts like we both mm-hmm. came from different places and then we met in China and then we got like we re-met again in uni and so now we're both here together again yeah um, um you arrived in 2005 in China yeah I arrived in yeah. 2005 we both arrived in 2005 but we only met in 2008 because I went to a French school in China first yeah oh wow um, so That's I came <laughs> I came from Mexico I moved to China and then I stayed in China for I don't want to do in maths right now, but 11 or 12 years. And then I came to the UK when I was 15, did my GCSEs, A-levels, and now I'm here in yeah. uni. And she came to London, and so did I. Like, I was going to go to Canada, because so the school that we went to and we met was like a Canadian international school. Mm-hmm. It was really good to get into Canadian schools like in like Canadian universities so I was going to go there but then I went to visit my brother in Canada and I didn't like it so I went to London and then we ended up being together again yeah reunited right that must have been fun like who messaged whom be like Charlene did you message her and be like oh I'm coming to the UK I know you're here or did you just like happen (laughs) wait repeat the question oh did I cut out yeah oh yeah sorry i was saying like um when you when charlene came to the uk who messaged whom and like how did you guys reignite the friendship oh like well we kept in touch this whole time that i was in the uk and she was in china and she was like Mm -hmm. deciding whether to go to canada or the uk and i was like going like oh go to the uk you know (laughs) like i'm not gonna say i was like the the main factor in you coming here but um like I didn't know anyone in Canada other than my brother and in the UK I had my at the time boyfriend who was here as well and then there was Alex I don't know and like there was just so much telling me to go to London yeah it's funny because you said Canada because like at the moment I have so many great Canadian friends and like people who listen to this are actually gonna be like the majority of them are gonna be Canadian so like you guys suck uh, if you're <laughs> we I, went, I went to visit Canada like in February at the coldest time of the year Oof, yeah but, oh my god yeah it was yeah, yeah. I was like no <laughs> fair enough I can imagine we're in Canada though Toronto Toronto there you go wow. my brother lives there right now he's working that's how long has he been there Oof. um four he a graduated true sister well, 17 four years no five it's his sixth year okay six years. Five years, yeah he did four years plus oh yeah year. yeah all right 
fair enough all right i'm just going to jump in right to the like the juicy parts because like i think those are the interesting conversations especially for me and i want to like kind of look into the psyche both of you because you you guys kind of had different experiences in china didn't you to a certain extent but one thing probably you had in common that like it's very interesting to me is the fact that like when i came from the east to the west like all the things that i had to deal with as like you know as a foreigner i never and this is like a bit short-sighted of me but i never thought people like quote-unquote white people would experience it uh until like i actually talked to you guys i was like oh my god yeah you can experience it if you like you know go to china especially then you will you guys will go through the stuff that i have so like i just want to know like i want you guys to talk about your experience yeah well we did have really different experiences so um would you want to go first oh well my experience wasn't like a it wasn't bad um just people would take pictures of me and like go like oh look at her you know she's so tall and stuff like that it was nothing like bad you know it never really bothered me that much i got used to it mm-hmm. yeah that, i think that's kind of why i don't look at people on the street because in china people used to look at me so much that i felt uncomfortable but now i avoid eye contact and i walk down the street <laughs> um yeah i think it's like for some reason i think in china because because we were so different i don't know there were no boundaries so like i'll be walk i have curly hair and i'll be walking in the street and people would just like tuck on my hair like they just touch it and they like i think one person once asked me to cut a bit of my hair and give it to them what yeah. really and I was like, like good oh. luck charm <laughs> yeah i was like I don't, why do you they just never seen it before mm-hmm. um yeah but i think that there weren't any clear boundaries like i'd be i don't know if you had this as well but i'd be walking down the street and there'd be someone on the phone like this yeah like, trying to really, take a phone yeah out. okay they'll either be really obvious or try or be and really be, sly and yeah. you, it's not like once i was sitting on the bus and i was like at the very last like the last seats of the bus and this guy just took out his phone so he was sitting on a seat he just took out his phone like this and like took a picture mm-hmm. of me which was so obvious. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. Like they were very, yeah, they were very, quite annoying with that. Just take pictures of you, no privacy. Mm. But that's not to say it doesn't happen here, but like it could happen here, but we just never get it here because we're the norm here. Yeah, yeah. You know? But like, I think people, because in China, you know, because um, like the government um, censors everything. They don't mm-hmm. see much of westernized yeah. culture western culture or yeah. western people so like we're we know you know what other people look like because we have i don't know internet and stuff and we're we know other cultures but mm-hmm. um but like going to because yeah. you said you guys went to a, like a canadian school right like well, i'm assuming there were more international students there as well what well, was this like this kind of experience was it very common for everyone there or like was it like more directed to certain ethnicities than others yeah i think it was definitely certain ethnicities compared to others um like in our canadian school and our program we had a lot of like international students and we did have a lot of like blonde eastern european students and like french um was the only french person no french oh yeah french but he didn't 
was like yeah, like, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there were a lot of like different ethnicities, but I do think that there were some ethnicities that were glorified more compared to others. Yeah, definitely. Like I think um like me like um people with like a different skin tone or a different color or like well, mostly darker skin tones. They were more like racially profiled, like abused or just bullied in general. Yeah, like I don't want to categorize like all the Chinese people and people in the bubble, but I feel like a lot of them, at least the more old-fashioned ones, were a bit racist towards like darker-skinned people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because of like that censoring. They really aren't yeah. that exposed to like different ethnicities and cultures. Yeah. Do you think it also has something to do with like, you know, because Brits as like they've been everywhere, like, you know, the British colonizing China to a certain extent back in the day as well. So like, that's why, like, I I guess, like, you know, if you're from France or if you're like, you know, blonde, uh, white, you won't get bullied. You, you'd be more like um, idolized. And then like, if you're, if you're like, Alex and I, a little bit on the darker side of the things, probably like. Yeah. yeah, I think it also had to do with their mentality of like workers and the workforce. So like yeah. it had to do a lot with like if you were a farmer or if you worked in farmland, your skin was darker because you were out in the sun more. Yeah. Whereas when you were richer and wealthier and more well off, your skin was lighter and fair. Yeah. So they really idolize like light, fair, blonde, you know, people. And then the darker skin tones were seen as like low income. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because in Western countries, it's the other way around. Yeah, in Western countries, people here want to tan just yeah, to look like, like they've gone it, on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Like yeah. they all, I'm like, I was born with it. Exactly. Um, but I want to ask like Charlene, because um, we're going back to Alex as well, because I want to know her opinion. But like, it sounded like you were a bit more idolized, right? Yeah. But what were the negatives of that as well? Like you said, like privacy in general, it feels like you're, I don't know, a celebrity or anything. They just keep taking pictures of you and they'd like, you know, they're just gawking at you and like staring and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure that them idolizing the, that the fairer skin still wasn't that nice to be around or like did it have its benefits and negatives. Like, I didn't have it as bad as Alex, but it does get annoying when they keep taking pictures of you without asking. Yeah. Um, there's once my cousins came to visit and they kept taking, like, it was like we were the attraction. We went to Beijing and they were taking pictures of us instead of Tiananmen, you know? Like, you went here for this, but you're taking pictures of us. And so, like, at one point, my cousins were like, okay, every time you take a picture, we ask for money from them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it did get annoying, but like, I don't know, I could easily just brush it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what was the attraction that you say you said it so casually? It's like I don't know what that was. Tiananmen. Yeah, Tiananmen. It's um, um the Forbidden City. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Obviously, I knew. I just needed the less educated people who might listen to this to find out <laughs> what it is. But yeah, like, because you have, like, your attitude, Charlene, kind of reminds me of, like, what I have is, like, things that happen to you so often, 
that eventually you're like, ah, it doesn't like you've kind of conceded and you just don't care anymore, right? But the more I think about it, I don't know how you feel about this yourself, but the more I think about it, I'm like, no, actually, like it has happened so much that it's like normalized for me, but it's not normal. Like this thing shouldn't be okay. I shouldn't sometimes like people tell me as well, and I take the same way. I'm like, I should not be okay with these things that happen to me, but like it just happens so regularly that you just like you like you're like, eh, whatever, it's gonna happen. Do you feel the same? Yeah, like, I don't know, in China, it was kind of normal. Mm -hmm. Here, when it happens, for example, that time at the gym, that bothers oh, yeah. me. Oh, like, come on. It, it, it was the weirdest thing, like, whoever's listening to this. Like, she was just telling me the story of people taking pictures of her in China. And at, as she's telling me this, there is a, uh, and God bless him, he is a Chinese guy on the <laughs> treadmill who pulls his phone yeah. out and it looks like she's taking, he's taking pictures of her. So he ran up to him and was just like, looked at his phone. And I don't know if he changed it or anything, but when I looked at his phone, he was on Spotify and then he just pretended to like not yeah, speak. And then he left. And so I was just like, wow, this is just like too weird of a coincidence. Mm -hmm. That bothered me. But in China, when they do, I'm like, yeah, because here, like, I guess in China, you kind of like, you know, you're in a foreign country and like, you just kind of, you can't change things. But when you're here and you're feeling comfortable and you're studying and eventually like it's so close to home, then it feels even more of a, more of an invasion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now to Alex, because uh, your experiences were completely different, right? Mm -hmm. You just told yeah. me about like people talking on your hair and asking you to cut it as a good luck charm and everything else so yeah talk to me about your experience in a bit more depth um where do i start um go for it <laughs> this is a safe space so i think for me because i'm from mexico i generally have a darker skin tone i have different features like my nose is big like let's not lie it's a bit bigger than well chinese people have chinese very, small very small noses yeah mm -hmm. so do western people like western people have that cute little button nose everyone seems to want um and just because it was different it wasn't seen as pretty mm -hmm. and to me anyway they made me aware of it they made me know that it wasn't pretty so like i'd be in a mall with charlene with my friends in the bathroom and this um, person that works there would just come and say in Chinese, like, oh, her nose, like to, to my face anyways, like, oh, your nose is so tall. Like, look at your friend's nose. It's so small and cute or whatever. And then I would tell her, I was like, oh, you know, I speak Chinese. And the worst part is that they don't feel any regret. They're just like, mm -hmm. yeah, like I said what I said. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, that's going to leave a permanent mark on my <laughs> team. <laughs> let um, me take out my trauma book yeah <laughs> and um so th there was that and um i got a lot of comments about my skin tone because i went to a during the weekends i would go to an art school but this art school wasn't an international school it was like just just chinese people mm -hmm. and i'd be put in the back of the class really? because yeah because i was darker and and, and, and the kids, instead of focusing on the class, they would just always just stare back at me. And they would say like, in Chinese, they were like, oh, kind of like which is like, oh, look at that black person. And I was like, wow, I'm not like, I was like, yeah, I'm Mexican. Like, 
at least get my race right, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are these things that, you know, build up as, as, as like a, as a child, it does affect your self-esteem, yeah, it affects, keep... and if it, they, they keep picking on these yeah. little things, mm-hmm. I mean, it does affect you. And I'm actually really glad that I moved here when I did, because if I stayed there as a teenager, especially when you're so influential, oh yeah, I don't know how it would have turned out, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just different experiences, I assume. Yeah. The fact that they kept picking like on you about your nose, because it happened yeah. several times where they commented about your nose. I don't think if people if you weren't in China, imagine you grew up here. I don't think you would have ever really cared about. Your nose. No, no, I had such a problem with my nose when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a lot better now. Yeah, it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think well, it's just something you can't change. Yeah, you know. But um, I think the worst, not the worst, but one of the things that really stuck with me, or like the one that hit the home more than the back in French, was I used to. This is really weird, but because of my hair, I think they really liked my hair. That's the one thing they liked. Um, I used to do as a kid. Um, Sorry, can you repeat that? It cut off for a second. Oh, sure. Um, I used to do modeling as a kid Mm -hmm. um, because I used to do kids' clothes with one of my friends. And um, we were doing like a swimsuit one, like a swimsuit bikini um, photo shoot. And like, I was like, you know, when you're a kid, like things grow faster than others, your ears grow faster than, and then, you, then your face and you end up having weird proportions. Um, and I like, I had like really big ribs as a kid. Um, and like, I, I went out of the changing room and this Chinese mom, um, one of the other, from one of the other kids was like, you have really weird ribs. You need to do plastic surgery because it just, doesn't work i know and I, I was like oh yeah like i got really worried i was like i'm so mm-hmm. abnormal like yeah yeah and especially as a kid if an adult tells you that you you take it for law like you take it as as given yeah, right exactly. as a kid you're like oh they're probably right yeah not telling me that i look strange mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah oh that yeah that's that's one i guess that's like you know kind of sticks but as you said like as a child like i don't think any i mean some children lucky bastards they always look good but like as you grow up things change like um it's funny like i'm gonna share this because it's kind of similar to to the story but the opposite end is as a kid apparently apparently i had a really good nose like it was like famous in the family to this day my aunt and my mom keep telling like oh what happened to your cute nose and i'm just like I don't know. <laughs> Kick them punch in the face a couple of times. Like, but it's interesting that like I'm saying this is because like even for me, there was a time that like they kept saying, like, oh, you used to have such a good nose. And this was like at the beginning of my teenage years. And I was like, oh my God, like what what did happen to my nose? Did I pick it too much? I don't know. Like, what what did I do that I lost that beautiful nose? But like adults kind of don't understand that like these offhand comments that they make that it's just like even for them it might sound nostalgic yeah there are little things that adults told me when i was young and it stuck with me and then like even now i like oh you know what if it happens for example i i would crack my fingers and there's adult it was in french school she told me if you keep cracking your fingers you won't be able to move them anymore yeah like okay i kind of stopped cracking my fingers and then later on i found out like no (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. Right? We carry it to for life. Like some things, even to this day. Um like this is another story. I'm just like, this is story time in Mahan. But for a long time, which now it's coming true, but I'm kind of annoyed at it. For a long time, I wasn't hanging out with my friend's cat, uh, dogs, right? Like I always consider myself a cat person. I wouldn't hang out with dogs and stuff like that because most of my life I was told that I was allergic to dogs, right? Uh, and then one of my uh, good friends at uni, Fran, she has a cocker Spaniard. And like we met up and I just like spent a little bit of time with her dog. And I was like, huh, I'm, I'm okay. My allergy is not getting worse. And then I just kept spending more time and more time with the dog and different dogs all over the place. And nothing happened to me. So I just called my mom one day. I was like, mom, I think I'm okay. I think I don't have the allergy anymore. I've been spending a lot of time with dogs and stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, you never were allergic. Just, I told you that that day because you were being annoying and you wanted to play with a dog and we didn't have time for it. Like most of my <laughs> life, I just avoided dogs because I thought I was allergic to them. Oh my God. You missed out. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm allergic to cats, which is like the worst. <laughs> so... <laughs> Are you still a cat person? I am a cat person. My sister has two beautiful kit, like they're not they're not kittens anymore, cats. And I love to hang out with them, but they literally did death of me. It was the worst thing. I had to cat sit them for four days and they were genuinely killing me. Like I knew I was really allergic because I couldn't sleep, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't like it was and it was a, during the pandemic. So I, when I call 111, all my symptoms sounds like I have COVID, but it's just the because like stuff, you know, like can't breathe coughing everything but it was just because of the kittens and uh when i was on the phone with them for about 40 minutes and eventually they go like yeah it sounds like you're allergic to the cats and i was like i know that's why i called you can i get an inhaler uh but yes yeah, so and now allergic to cats that sucks uh, yeah. is allergic to animals like when they shed fur a lot but yeah. she wants to be a vet well she wants to work with animals so she's like a she's huge an animal lover yeah Oh, bless. Yeah, it's difficult. It's really difficult. Like my sis has now got a small puppy as well. And I don't know if I'm allergic to the puppy or like just the fact that the cats were in the flat. Because when I met them, I, like my allergies went uh, crazy as well again. But that's a story for another day. Now, obviously, it sucked like, you know, being this like kind of discriminated against when being in China and stuff like that. But also... Uh, I want to kind of focus on the positives as well. So like, what are some some of the positive things that you picked up by living in a country so far away from your home? Um, I think, oh, I think it's fair for me to say that I you grow a backbone. I mean, I know like that that's from a negative, but to me, it's a positive <laughs> to be able to not be so influenced by what people say. Yeah. as much anymore that's one positive thing i think also you get um like exposed to a different culture which is yeah. like you know you become open-minded yeah yeah I, that's like i i think that's a really big plus like the more cultures you're exposed to like just the way you think like even language like Honestly, I think people to learn more languages their brain just kind of expands because then you have another way of thinking right because like language is a prerequisite for I think that well just yeah I find that functioning kids that like are international like they, they're a certain nationality but they went and lived somewhere else I find they're a lot more open-minded yeah 
than people who lived in one place their entire life. Or even sympathetic. Yeah. As in, like, we'll never make... Well, I know I haven't met any international students that make backhanded comments on, like, race or anything culturally, like, inappropriate because they understand and sympathize with, like, living abroad and living in different places. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I've seen that, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, exactly as you said, like they, they won't make those offhand comments. They won't do what adults do, right? They won't do yeah, like, they won't I say, snappy one. yeah. Is there, because uh, you both speak Chinese as well, is there like a, uh, like a funny story with like you kind of catching someone? Like, I don't know, like you said that you told people that you speak Chinese back, like when you were in China, but has it been, do you have any other interesting stories where like speaking Chinese? kind of got you the upper hand all the time really i can't think of one moment now like yeah all the time people talk you know and you understand um oh I yeah my mom's had like copy because my mom speaks chinese extremely well she works in chinese um and like i can't remember what it was but they were basically talking shit and my mom like told them off for it yeah but i can't remember what it was about i think it was at the bank or something oh, i, can't I remember. think for me it's not getting scammed like, oh yeah the <laughs> and then they might be on the phone it's like oh, i'm gonna try and scam this person and you're like hmm, the fuck you're not you know like, <laughs> oh my god you know what like taxis in china wow. will always try to scam you like so the first time i went out like to a club in china was with my brother and his friend and we took a cab back and my brother's Chinese was not very good, so I was the one that was talking to the cab, taxi, like cab driver. But like I was young, and so I had never gone out or know like that taxi drivers scam you like that. And the guy pretended in the middle of the road at night. The guy pretended that there was something wrong with his car, so he just parks like just stops in the middle of the road. Yeah, and then he no, because there was no meter because he told us it's this much, it's fixed, and it was already a lot. And then he opens his like, um, whatever you call it, the trunk. trunk, yeah. And he was like looking through the stuff, and he was like, Oh, yeah, something's wrong. He pretend, pretended to fix it, then he goes back in the car. He took a wrong turn when I specifically told him, No, you have to turn here. And he was like, No, 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 we have to go a bit further. And then he took a wrong turn, so we had to like do a massive detour. And he was blaming everything on me. He was saying we broke his car, that I gave him the wrong direction. So he wanted us to pay like 500 RMB when it was like supposed to be less. The ride, technically, if you leave the meter running, is like 40, something like that. But mm -hmm. he had asked for 100. And then when we got there, he was like, I want 500. I'm like, no. My brother just threw the money at him and he was like, like, <laughs> like go away now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but taxi drivers will always try to scam you yeah. if you're, like, foreign. Yeah. I mean, I find that in Mexico as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a bit of, like, um identity crisis because they tried to scam me in Mexico, even though I'm from Mexico. They tried to scam me in China, even though I feel Chinese sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, where are they? They'll try and scam me. Where am I going to seem like a local enough where they don't try and scam me? Oh. That's like a very deep thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's not scamming. It was good. No, you're right though. Like uh, you use the scamming uh, as an example, but like I feel like uh, for you guys it's even more, right? Because I lived in in Iran until I was 15, right? And then I left. But you guys like left your, uh, I think much uh, like at a younger age, anyways, right? So like that duality of where do I belong? Because like my 
heritage is here, but also like you were brought up somewhere else long enough that like you're not necessarily engrossed in the heritage in itself. Like it's hard to find your place, right? Yeah. If people ask you like, where do you like when, where do you feel like you're from? Like, yeah, you're Mexican, but like, where are you from? What do you say? Planet Earth. Yeah, I say global citizen because generally yeah. all my friends have always been international. Same. I just mm -hmm. say international. International, yeah. Same. Yeah, like when people ask me where's home, I'm like, the place where I'm comfortable. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right? So now I think home is here. Yeah. Like I, I quite like the UK. And I think like we get kind of because of that background, we kind of get we gravitate towards like big cities that there is a like abundance of international people because you just don't like you won't feel that uh, like an outsider anymore because everyone's from all over the place. I think one other thing that's beneficial from like what happened like with us living in China is we adapt much faster than than most people. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I speak for you as well, but I speak for myself when I say I can become more independent faster. Yeah. Like to me, for, so when I went to the UK, from China to the UK when I was 15, it was tough. But then when I went from um, college to uni, it wasn't tough at all for me because I've already adapted myself to moving on so fast. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I see a lot of people getting homesick, and I just—I don't know. I never felt because that. Because you have no home. Ouch! No, yeah, I, I totally get that. Like at uni, I was like, "What's homesick?" Like exactly. You just you move on, you adapt, and you are where you are. And... Yeah, but but this, you know, you said like you feel more independent, right? But I have a theory as well. I now like because this is very interesting because it's kind of like looking in a mirror, right? In a sense, and I want to know if you guys feel the same thing. Because of leaving the country at an early age and like things that we had to do, I feel like in some areas we had to grow up much faster, right? Because we had to adapt. We had to just like be a more of a grown up, deal with some life shit that we had to do. Like you don't necessarily need to do as a as a child or a teenager. But then because like it's a scale in my head, it's like because I had to grow up in certain areas, I feel like it kind of left me immature in some other things or like I just didn't have to focus on myself in certain parts. Mm. Um, like, and that's why I think like I have this kind of a jubilant character that just like, and also I've seen so much shit that I just can't take things seriously anymore. And I just joke about stuff all the time, right? Yeah. So do you guys feel the same way that like, you know, you had, because you were forced to grow up in some directions, maybe some other directions didn't get as much attention. I don't think I grew up, I, th I think I was quite childish. Like, I think I grew up really late. Oh. Like I matured very late. I, I think. think, well, I don't know. You said, Mohan, that like things that, that, like you you look back and reflect and you think like oh things that happened to me weren't actually normal mm -hmm. right so like i think in that sense <laughs> i'm not saying i have traumas or anything but but because i had to grow up really fast i never focused on my emotions or my feelings mm -hmm. or like traumas or whatever and because you have to 
because my I was alone in boarding school from 15 you know you you're there by yourself you have to deal with all these things yourself my studies like no one your parents aren't there to put pressure on you to study that's something that every 15 year old goes through you don't want to study and your mom's like go do your homework you know you have to do these things yourself and so like I I just blocked out so many things from from like my teenage self that I now I'm like oh I probably should have dealt with that Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I have to do (laughs) yeah yeah, like that's what I exactly mean is like, because you have to like, you know, you say your parents are not there. So you have to kind of like act as a parent. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys have probably had to deal with it, but like, you know, even every like a 15 year old doesn't have to worry about like, okay, I'm living in a like country that like my parents are not there. What food am I going to eat? What's going to happen to the bills? How am I going to get to school? Who's going to get me to school? Like, uh, how am I paying the rent to like how am I living like you know all these like small things that like normally as children you don't have to deal with or like as teenagers um I don't know to what extent you did that but like in that sense like in life like doing grown-up stuff you kind of grow up doing grown-up stuff but then because you're so focused on that or like you for yourself had to be like that authority voice in your head is like no Alex go to your room and study like you have to tell that to yourself right then on the other side like your emotional traumas or things because that's even at school at that age still shit happens to you but then you just it's a survival mode you just have like I don't have time to deal with this shut it off like still worry about like passing school or doing studies and like surviving in a foreign country right and like I I personally I think like I haven't dealt with some of those traumas and issues that I had as a kid and now they're bubbling up and like I do I'm I genuinely looking to like talk to a professional I'm gonna go to therapy and I'm not like scared of saying it because it's it's showing itself now to the, I've gone to an age that I'm comfortable enough like I have a good job I'm doing other things and like now that the pressures of adult life that are just kind of going away then my <laughs> traumas are like knock knock up and you're like oh, <laughs> they're like guess who's here so <laughs> it, it's something that i've figured for myself so that's why i thought like it's an interesting concept and i was wondering if you guys feel the same don't yeah. let me be alone no for sure like i think i think the first step in realizing like can i swear <laughs> absolutely louis is not here go I for it you know, as an adult and you go and you grow up and you learn how to get all your shit sorted. And because of that, all of these like emotions and like things build up and they start to like express themselves. So I think the first step in realizing that is thinking that you have to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really mature approach. Like I've definitely thought about going to therapy. Um, but yeah, I think it's just that first step of going there. That's the hardest bit. Like accepting that you have to go to therapy is like, that's hard. But then actually pushing yourself to go is that other step. Yeah. 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 So I agree with you. Now I have an interesting question for you. Because as I said, I am, I've accepted that I need to go for, to therapy and I am looking for a, a therapist. But then I, I was, I kind of encountered an interesting challenge. Because my sister wanted to recommend an, a 
like an Iranian therapist to me, someone who speaks Farsi, right? And just the thought put me off. I realized that because I haven't lived there, like I've left when I was 15, I could not connect to a therapist who speaks my, like who, who's Iranian, right? Who's like, who speaks Farsi. Cause it was just like, my problems are not that of when I lived in Iran. It's just like, it started when I actually left. And so they won't understand. And I actually kind of panicked because the only people that I talk to in Farsi is like my mom and my sister and my aunt. Like I don't talk to anyone else. So like, if I felt more comfortable, like looking at someone who's, who will be from like, you know, from here and speaks English and I'll actually go for like a therapist who speaks English. So now I'm, I don't know even if you thought about it or not, but like this, it was an interesting thing for me. So do you think like if you wanted to get, um, if you wanted to go to therapy, does it matter if they're speaking like Spanish, Chinese or English or any other language that you could not go to therapy if it was Chinese person. Oh, no, <laughs> okay, not Chinese. <laughs> definitely not Chinese because I didn't project everything onto them, yeah. which is the point of a therapist, but if you biased. Um, yeah. And uh, Mexican, like Spanish, because I don't identify with that culture, mm-hmm. I feel like it wouldn't help me any more than if I got an English speaking. Like I would definitely prefer an English speaking therapist or like a English therapist um, as opposed to like a specifically Hispanic or Spanish mm-hmm. therapist in my opinion because I just I don't relate I think I would relate to an English speaking therapist more mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. able to express myself and connect with them more yeah yeah yeah, that was my conclusion as well. Uh, Charlene, if you had to choose. Not saying you need to go to therapy, but just saying that. I would like in English, but I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I would really, like, care that much. Yeah. But as long as, like, I, the thing is, if it's in French, I can't really express myself that well in French. Mm-hmm. So I can't really talk. So I'd rather it be in English, but I don't care where the person's from. I also get really embarrassed. Like, oh yeah, like if I went to a Spanish speaking therapist, I started speaking Spanish because I know my Spanish sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to anyone, like it's not great. Um, I'd just be, I feel more pressured to get my words right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like I feel more like an imposter rather than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely an English speaking therapist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like english speaking yeah because like it's funny for me um so my mom teaches farsi literature and grammar at university or used to teach back at home so the way we spoke farsi is like a very correct form of farsi it's very posh it's very like it, it like from like i had to learn and memorize poetry from the age of six right so i had to like it was a very high level of farsi and i've forgotten all of it but the thing is the ego hasn't gone away so i still try to speak with that level i just don't have the vocabulary anymore so i started creating my own words like i'm just talking to my mom and i just say something and she's like what it's like yeah this blah blah blah. she's like that's not a word and i'm like I do that. <laughs> yeah. my parents make so much fun of us because we'll like some french words it doesn't make sense like when the when you make it like it's a noun and then you like or like when you have to change the verb a little bit to make sense in the sentence sometimes it's so weird and it doesn't make sense 
and we because we don't know the word like my siblings and I will like make it sound the way that we think makes sense and then my parents will be like what like that's not a word it's this and it's so different yeah um, we do that all the time it's the best it's honestly the best it's no it's the worst I think the most embarrassing thing for me is so in Spanish like embarrassing in Spanish is me da pena it's like I'm embarrassed but I didn't know and so my mom was embarrassing me in front of my friend and I told her in Spanish I was like mom you're embarrassing me but I didn't I forgot the word in Spanish so I said oh me estás embarazando and like I thought oh like embarrassed in Spanish to sound like embarrassed in English but instead <laughs> instead I said I was like mom you're impregnating me <laughs> were like just as good you know yeah. because yeah. embarrassing when you tell people like in uni all the time <clears throat> they'll ask me oh where are you from and i'm like oh i'm french and then suddenly like if they're french because french people love to speak in french to other like they'll just whatever they can to speak french and they'll yeah. be like oh t'es française and then they'll speak in french to me and they'll be like oh but you're not french i'm like yeah i am they're like no but you have an accent like, yeah but i'm french like i only have one passport yeah it's the it's the best uh well i find it funny and i think i did it to alex as well it's like because i always hated when like someone's like oh this guy's iranian and like it's like it feels like you're a they want like monkey dance do something like he's iranian speak to him so i always like feel awkward like when that happens to me so as a result i always do it to other people so the moment i see like someone's spanish I'm like, ah, alex <laughs> cynthia spanish go go dance puppets um <clears throat> but yeah like speaking some and that's why I, I another question this is going to be very uh this is going to sound really annoying to a certain extent so like any other language like when you speak farsi especially if you're from the capital tehran or any other place in the world like when you speak the la like the language where you speak the capital version you make you think like every other version like you know all the other dialects are dumb and like you make fun of them right uh, no just me okay um, we don't <laughs> make dialects we make fun of the yeah yeah so like accents I mean, and yeah, that I meant like more accents, yeah. like not necessarily dialects, but even acts like if it's not the capital's accent, it's just like a, it's the wrong oh, yeah, accent, yeah. right? In the north, there's a really thick accent in France, and people always make fun of it. Like those, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny to have that. So like every time someone tells me to speak to a, like someone who speaks Farsi, if they have like a little bit of an accent, I just feel so awkward because I'm like, I don't want to sound condescending, but you're wrong. <laughs> but I don't want to sound like it. Yeah, I never got that because I don't think I stayed at, like you go back to France a lot more than I do. Like I, I've barely ever go back to Mexico so I can never tell the difference in the dialects mm. I think I have my own dialect I'm pretty sure they make fun of my accent that's mine yeah it's just a amalgamation of like I don't know about you but like French is really hard to write like uh -huh. grammar and stuff it's so hard and I basically have the French writing level of a nine-year-old because that's when I stopped going to eight-year-old because that's when I stopped going to school mm -hmm. in France like mm -hmm. 
French. So like when I text, for example, my cousin, um, I met up with him like a few weekends back because he's studying in like masters in London. Like when I text, I'm so conscious that he's gonna like judge my texting because first of all, I don't know slang in French, like oh, and I don't know definitely. how to abbreviate yeah. in mm-hmm. French. Like yeah, so that's really that's really annoying. Yeah, definitely. Like if I'm texting. Like, I don't really mind when I'm texting my family in Spanish because they know that I don't, it doesn't really matter if I get it wrong. But, like, if I'm texting someone in Spanish and it's important, I'll, like, Google translate it and then I'll make sure I'm using the right one. And then also when it comes to slang, because I don't know any slang. Same. I get really self-conscious when I'm talking to, like, people my age because they'll use all this slang. And I'll, yeah, I'll just feel, I'll feel really proper. Yeah, same. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you've done this, but especially when I was young, I used to Google like, oh, Mexican slang words. And I like try and learn them because I was like, oh, God. I feel like this is something I should know. But yeah, I forgot them all now. <laughs> <laughs> and that trip to the depths of internet is never good, right? You know, no, when you're Googling I stuff. Learned, like, the, <laughs> I thought it was being cool, but I think I learned like the nastiest slangs because I just didn't know what was being used. <laughs> So I I <laughs> I'm coming off as like really sad, but I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> Your friends are talking to you and you just send them the most inappropriate no, stuff. Yeah, the like... most inappropriate one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so weird because now that my sister is in boarding school in France, and so she has French friends, she's starting to speak like a French teenager. And mm. it's so weird hearing my sister speak like that. It's so strange when she uses French slang. We're like, shut up. Like, what are you? <laughs> it's so weird. I, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It's so I have two, uh, I have about two clients, two sisters, but I'm like, kind of, I'm kind of going through the entire family. I'm training all of them, right? I've trained these two sisters and the youngest sister. The, I just need to get the mom and then I have my full collection of like the entire family. You mean the Pokemon? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Pokemon clients. But uh, they're Italian. So there's two sisters that I train regularly. They're, they don't have an Italian accent, but like they speak English in a, like a more of a neutral accent, right? And then I met, like I, I, I got to train their younger sister who's like pretty much was brought up in the UK. And she has a proper like UK teenager accent. And I was just like, it was hard for me to kind of connect that dot because I was so used to like the other two speaking with their accent, like the way they speak, they has a little bit of Italian in it. And then she comes like, well, she doesn't go like, yo, bruv. But like in, in my head, that was just what I heard. I was like, yeah, bruv. Um, yeah, that's strange. It's like a gradient of just missing out the Italian accent. Yeah, it's just like, it just doesn't connect, you know, like you don't, if you're used to something especially, but it's quite an interesting conversation. Like, you know. Yeah, it's so weird. Now my sibling, so my brother, my sister and I, we all have different accents. So just really weird. So my brother has a Canadian accent. He sees like a and stuff like that. Like, it's really weird. And then my sister is starting to like, I don't know, she still has like a regular international accent. That's more French. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like kind of in the middle. I haven't gotten a British accent and I don't think I ever will. I think, no, we have both of our intonations, like both the way we ask questions. Like um, when we went to Canadian school, like if if we're like, oh, like now we go, oh, do you want any water? 
Everyone's like, do you want any water? Yeah. Do you want water? Yeah. Like, so now it's more like different, you know? Yeah, and random, yeah. yeah. I would ask them questions. And then certain things like, now I say as well a lot, or like certain words that British people use a lot, but I don't have the accent. Yeah. Mm. I don't have the accent. I don't kind of want to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, I really wanted to pick it up because uh, I started like properly speaking English in India. So when I first came here, I had my Indian accent, which was great. So I try to mask it a lot, but sometimes it just like kind of pops out. So I've been trying to make it more and more British. But in one sentence, I can use like I can say like I can say water, water, and like I don't know even sometimes even if I don't think about it, like three different versions in one sentence, and like I was in a call with someone and they just like I could see them just squinting at the camera and it was like I was like wait what's up it's like why do you keep changing accents <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> one cent and just one word I was like you lost your Indian accent quite fast no or um it was very difficult uh I think like maybe in two three years oh okay that's quite fast yeah I would say yeah. But I'm, I mean, it's just, I came here and, you know, just come to university and stuff like that. And I don't know, it's not the most attractive accent. So it was just like very adamant on losing it. Um, but some words are difficult. Like I have to really think about it. Because I don't know if you heard of this uh, com comedian, he's Canadian, uh, Canadian Indian comedian, Russell Peters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love. I used to love his jokes, and my sister and I used to like mimic him all the time. So I did his jokes so much that certain words are just stuck in that like thick comedian <laughs> accent. It's not even Indian. It's his version of making fun of it. So yeah. some words like I have to really think hard to say hotel because if I don't, like you just go hotel, <laughs> uh, it just comes out. I, 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 I can't stop it. And my my biggest nightmare is. Uh, uh, fantastic like i just this fantastic <laughs> comes out like i just can't i have to stop it but that's kind of cool so like when you speak you're you're gonna have different types of accents in one sentence yeah like a little bit of indian and a little bit of british and then just <laughs> that's kind of cool a little bit of like any joke that he's done i can do the same accent that he's done like because i used to practice it so much I quite like that comedian. Yeah, I used to find them really funny. Yeah, it's super funny. Speaking of accents, there was like, uh, do you guys know Trevor Noah? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good, like, he's very funny as well. And he says something that kind of stuck with me because it was like, he was like, he doesn't learn accents, he learns people, right? Mm -hmm. So the way he does like an, a Jamaican accent is not like the accent itself, is like someone, one of his friends stuck out so much to him that he just mimics that friend. So that's why I feel like my like my accent has gone from like being Indian to like I mimic Russell Peters speaking Indian or like I mimic Russell like oh, someone know, does yeah. that right so it's not necessarily the that accent anymore. Yeah. Would and you say me and Charlene have an accent? You guys kind of have the same as as like as I like it's it's neutral it's like it yeah. doesn't belong to anywhere right. Because like but, Americans and Canadians, like actually Americans and Canadians will have like their thicker yeah. accent. Like, yeah. yeah, like um, I had this Canadian friend Mackenzie. She had like an accent, like hmm. like very like Valley Girl. <laughs> 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 no, uh, well, no, but, 
Because not everyone speaks like that, but yeah. she had like an accent. Yeah, that's good. That was very good, though. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I, there, if you have Canadian yeah. listeners, I don't want to say Because I thought I had an American accent until I went to... Yeah. Like, I was in this group thing, and I met a bunch of Americans, and I was like, nope. Yeah. Like, that's... Don't Same, like yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that back in the day, because like if Americans meet you just because you say certain words with a little bit of like British intonation or English intonation, like, oh, mate, you've got a British accent. I'm like, yes, I don't. <laughs> but but you don't know the difference. So it's good. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, I was born in Texas, but I left it when I was six months old, so I didn't pick up anything. Yeah. Really? You didn't pick up a Texas no, accent? No, no, By six months, yeah. <laughs> At six wow. months, I was already learning grammar. <laughs> <laughs> now it's become a competition. Uh, but I'm going a little bit back to topic because <laughs> we're just like, Phew. and that's why I like it. Like, you know, this is why podcasts are fun. You just end up talking about anything. Yeah. But at, um, moving away from China, now coming to the UK, uh, positives and negatives of being in the UK. Oh, I, I think I haven't found any negatives yet. Um, I think it depends. So I went to college in Shrewsbury, which is quite different from London because Shrewsbury is, is predominantly white. Um, but because my boarding school was really international, I never felt isolated or lost. And mm-hmm. then I came to London and it just felt the same as my international school. So I've never had that feeling again, or the same feeling I had when I was in China. Mm-hmm. So I think that's helped me a lot. Yeah, I think you coming to boarding school too is really good. Yeah. Have you felt any negatives? No, I really like the UK. And I really like London because you find literally any type of person, like, mm-hmm. like every, there's everyone here, which is amazing. Yeah. So, I've, I lost the word for it. See, this is like, this is being bilingual, but not B-I, it's like B-Y-E lingual, right? When you lose both oh, like, yeah. and English. I, I, oh, yeah memes internet memes for you uh in the uk i at the beginning i was so like that's the thing like you guys got your kind of like the let's call it racism or whatever it was like uh or discrimination when you went to china so i for me it was when i moved to the west that like i got like kind of introduced to all these things and yeah you said something earlier you know when like uh someone i think in the class they they called you black and you're like no i'm mexican yeah so i get this here all the time because iranians are a little bit fair i'm not like they're white don't shoot uh sorry joke <laughs> another, comedian. <laughs> another comedian and maz jobrani i'm going to give credit to him he, he he has that joke and it's one of my favorites but um like Iranians are like a little bit whiter, uh, but I'm quite like I'm a bit dark for an Iranian. Uh, so I always get confused for like either Pakistanis or Indians. And because I lived in India, like it, it kind of so, and my name is something that sounds like it, it's also an Indian name as well or similar to one. Like they have Mohan and mine is Mahan. Um, and it's always sorry, 
just a bit of tangent because Mahan in Hindi means great. So it's always funny to me, like when I meet an Indian and I'm like, I'm Mahan. They're like, Mohan? I'm like, no, Mahan. And they're like, oh, did you know? And I'm like, yes, I did. I do. <laughs> I know everything you need to tell me about my name. Uh, but yeah, so here, like sometimes I get racism and like someone calls me Pakistani. And I'm like, at least get the country right. Like um, the worst experience that I had, which was kind of funny for me. But then afterwards, when I kind of process it, it was like, OK, this wasn't fun is uh, in Estonia, actually. Estonia has been like the most racist country to me. Um, like people wouldn't sit beside me on the train, on the tram. Yeah, yeah so like they were just like, it, it was it was funny. Like, and you know how, so I, I was there with my ex at the time. And you know how you said people take pictures of you in China. So people had started taking pictures of me uh, when I was in Estonia. But Estonia is like, has a population of 1 million so it's very small and if you're in Tallinn like it's like it, everyone knows each other so the picture of me that was circulating got sent to like uh, my ex's friend at the time so I was just like I felt so popular I was like oh someone's taking a picture of me and I was like they're sitting there and like they just sent it around that's so um, weird yeah. so that was fun um that was not fun that's, was, not, yeah, that's, that's so weird it's weird but also like I you know I told you maybe I haven't dealt with my issues so I just find it like kind of funny and like i'm like oh look at me i'm so popular i just got a picture of my own myself um, with people that don't deal with their issues they make fun of it first oh yeah before they deal with it. oh it, that's literally my personality like humor is a, a defense mechanism for me but yeah so like estonia and here the best type of um discrimination racism i get is very subtle and it's normally by older people like i remember when I first started as a PT, I was writing this lady's program. I think she was like in her 50s or something. And then I was just writing it. And she looks at my handwriting and she's like, oh, you like you write really well for a foreigner. And my brain just had to figure this out. Like, is this a compliment? Is this an insult? Like, where am I going with this? Like, so it's just very sly, right? You know, like things like that. But then my, my dumbass was like, oh, thank you. I've been practicing <laughs> um because i like what you mean you write well for foreign though yeah i don't know how you take that yeah how I like take that. just added 50 more reps to your program that's how <laughs> i took it like, oh, okay <laughs> look at this so yeah but i still like i love london um if i you know how we said like you don't belong like you don't feel like you're connected to like one part in general like if i'm if people ask me where i'm from because i was studying in brighton for like six years so i think and brighton is my like soulmate i love that town so if people ask me i'm like i'm brightonian if, if you want to consider where in because if you've been to brighton i make a lot of sense like you know my colorful socks my personality everything like nothing making sense that's just that's just brighton in me uh so yeah that's like the extent of my experiences in london and airports are really funny because like when i'm about to leave they're like good day sir have fun take care bye when i'm coming back oh god like there's just it's like whole, yeah. yeah it's a whole different thing even leaving sometimes is a bit like i went to spain with my boyfriend this summer and he's british and white um and we get into the security and we were both in the same line but we were just treated quite differently like for some reason, I got asked to be to go into the little like you know the one with the walk-in 
um, security thing where you just stand and it does like, mm. oh, it just randomly is when you've been there. And I was like, I didn't have anything. It's just these little random things. Like, yeah. and, and like, I've asked people around and like people with like a, that look different, they get it a lot as well. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's a bit strange that it still happens. I, I like I'm just used to, that's why I go to the airport very early because like I know I'm going to get stopped more than exactly, anyone else yeah. the funnest thing that we had was we were going to Italy with one of my friends um, Alba God bless her soul she's Spanish right and the guy like who wanted to be smart like I think he realized that if you profile the brown person like you're just going to get called out yeah. so what he want he did instead was he came to us and I was like oh here we go I was ready like I was ready to answer him and as he gets to us, he turns to her and starts yeah. asking her questions. And this white Spanish girl has never had this happen to her. So she panics. And now she's making us sound really suspicious because she doesn't know. She never expected oh. to be questioned like this. She's like, oh, so where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. And she's just like panicking and not giving answers. So I just like, I was like, mate, I know you're going to ask me. Like, let me tell you, like, here are my papers. Here's this. We're going for like Christmas. We're going to come back. But it was really funny to see her like, she had never had that happen to her i know because after we left the security archie my boyfriend was like what did you do and i was like i did nothing he was like well why did they stop you and i was like does this like really like that that oblivious like yeah he was just really surprised but people are like they don't get it like a lot of times people don't get it when i explain to them like when these things happen unless they see it and then they're like oh like this happened because uh, like one of my good friends Flavia uh, she, like we we told her I told her these stories a lot of times but she just never got it and then uh, she I think she was going to France with her Ethiopian boyfriend and that's when like and they stopped him and like questioning and stuff like that and she like when she came back she was like okay now I see what you guys mean like now I know what what's going on yeah. um, and it was so strange to her because like most people are just like yeah la 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 going through they just complain about airports like you know being i don't know crowded or like you have to queue for stuff i'm like they're planning my whole like afternoon (laughs) it's like so i'm gonna get questioned here i'm gonna get questioned there yeah exactly i always like put the most time in security because i know i'm never just gonna go like My record for security is though, like, you know, when you've passed everything, like you feel like you've completed everything and then you're just waiting to get on the plane. But if the plane's far away, sometimes you get on the bus and the bus drives you, right? And if you've got into the bus, you've made it. Like there is no more security checks, right? I got one stop just before getting on the bus. Like as we were about to get on the bus, someone walked up to me and he was like, can you just step to the side and like just ask me a couple of questions? That was just, I was just like, so close. I'm almost there. Let yeah. me in. That, that does happen in China a lot. As a foreigner, I don't think it, maybe it doesn't matter what race you are, but as a foreigner, you just mm. get stopped randomly. Like on, we take a ferry from China to Hong Kong, mainland to Hong Kong, and they'll just randomly ask for our passports, like, whilst in the ferry and we're sitting down mm-hmm. like or like when we're like um my parents have gotten their passports confiscated so many times wow because they look foreign it's like oh please step aside and you know like because because it's not your country 
you just have to do it mm-hmm. yeah. because there'll be no no one to represent you there you know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah honestly my dad's had some issues with that as well and my dad ended up hating china in the end so he had to move like he was like i'm done with china i have to move back to france mm-hmm. he ended up being quite racist towards chinese people which bothered me a bit but like he just he built up this hatred towards towards china because he's gotten so many like problems mm-hmm. like regarding that as well like he's been stopped in the airport or like um on like in the car as well like they stop him so. yeah i i kind of but well, i get that but also like in a sense that i have to stop myself from getting there because like i was i built that like n- negative emotion or hatred towards the time that i had in india because like those three years were really difficult on me but then like i was that close of just like i and maybe to a certain extent i held on to that hatred but you just have to recognize that like okay everything that you happen to you doesn't you just ha- you don't have to project it on everyone right yeah exactly. yeah and i think my dad understood that later but like at the time when he was moving because yeah. it was i think he was he already wanted to leave like he was done with china mm-hmm. and then our dog got killed and he like that dog was like his last child oh. and so the fact that it was a hit and run mm-hmm. like they uh. ran over her and then just no one stopped oh. and that just like he broke and he yeah from that yeah. moment on he just couldn't stand chinese people now he's yeah. fine but like at that time it was really bad yeah like that's a really like a it's a traumatic experience right yeah and i guess like as you especially older generations are like you know it's hard to let go of this as like if you you're kind of set in your ways right and like it, it just flashes in front of your eyes so quickly like um we went to paris um and we our airbnb was behind uh Gare du Nord. And that area is very like it's it's dominated by the by Indian culture, right? So I was it was my first time going to Paris, and in my head, like you know, Paris is just like just Eiffel Tower and Louvre, and like it's it's just this, right? So I was in and I was expecting like Paris like architecture and things like that, but when we were walking towards that Airbnb and like just this idea, like suddenly it felt like I was back in India, and like all my walls just kind of went up and i was just like really because same thing in like kind of like in china same thing you always get hustled by taxi drivers or you know shop owners or everything else or like the rickshaw drivers and they just want to take you somewhere they turn around and they put the meter up and they do all these like they pretend to get hit by something and they blame you like same things it always happens there too like so the moment I walked, literally, I was like, I'm meant to be in Paris, but why do I feel like I've gone back to where, like, I, especially I'm not a big, like, I'm not fond of those memories. And I was just like, boom, off. Like, I, I, it felt like emotionally I was walking in armor because I just shot off everything, pulled, like, yeah. everything up. So yeah. I can Sorry, Sorry, I was going to say, you just, you like, you feel like you're always having to look over your shoulder again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in that sense, I can understand how your dad reacts, uh, reacted to this as well. Like, it's hard, especially because, and it's nothing against people, but like, if you've had a difficult, like, if, if you've had difficulties due to people's actions, it's really hard to disassociate that. 
Yeah, and I couldn't really blame my dad. Like, to be honest, he had so many bad experiences. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but, like, don't, you know, put everyone in one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's difficult because I, 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 like, I've been on his side as well. And it was very difficult to me to, like, start, like, or stop associating everyone the same way. Yeah. But, yeah. Not well, but. That's also like well in China because like when I got here I realized that it, I I thought that the way it was in China I thought it was going to be the same here because I thought that I was the problem mm -hmm. when I found out that it wasn't me who was the problem it's so easy to be like oh they're the problem like yeah. all these Chinese people like they don't understand but you really have to like like understand like I had to understand that they're censored their whole social media is controlled they're censored by what the government wants them to see mm -hmm. so i have to i have to give them the benefit of the doubt like it helps me as well to not just close off the idea that they're all like mean and discriminatory like yeah you know it helps to give them the benefit of the doubt and think that not everyone's like that yeah yeah and i think it's culturally as well right like as they've been affected to a certain like China, India, like the, again, thanks to Britain, they've been kind of classified and they have that hierarchy and like it's been ingrained into their culture as well. So they like, if you're brought up with something long enough, it just seeps into your subconscious. That's how you're going to think, right? They, they don't choose to think like that. They just have to. Yeah, I mean, I've heard in India that that's a really big problem as well. Yeah. Like in terms like skin tone or in terms of like you know they like sell these really dangerous skin whiteners and bleachers really yeah which is it's also ingrained in their minds that if you're white and fair you're just more well off and better yeah that's part shani's like yeah bitches um yeah like uh like people didn't really give me too much shit but like i was dating this chinese guy and his mom did not like me like i was too foreign and but she was she said like he told me she said at least she's not black like that's bad. right and she's like a like yeah sometimes it's just a bit like it's yeah, hard sometimes to it's these hard comments to, are like whoa yeah it's like hard to be like oh you know it's just because this and this like yeah at that point you're just like that's racist yeah yeah it is racist right but like in their worlds like they're not as exposed to it as well like for them it's just a comment but exactly. right that's why, that's why when i confront them and they don't take it back like oh they they realize that they haven't said anything wrong like in their heads it's just a fact yeah not yeah definitely i don't think they're taught that you know like in our school we're taught about racism and stuff and like you know all that but i don't think they are yeah There's so much chinese propaganda uh, my sister went to chinese school for like um kindergarten until third grade my parents were saying her like work and stuff there's they were There's like raising yeah. china like oh china's the best china's the best. like so like to be fair you know if they were raised like that in school and taught that in schools then you can be like okay you know that's, that's why. why they think that way yeah mm -hmm. and that's why like i appreciate people like you who have been to different countries because it's it's that exposure to different cultures that just like opens your eyes and you we talked about earlier as well like you you're more understanding because like you've seen both sides and you've seen like you know how people can be blind to certain things and um 
and it's not to and you understand that it's not their it's not necessarily their fault like you could they it, it needs change but on a on such a big scale and such a deep level that like if they've just brought up like that it's really hard to fault them for it and I think everyone who's lived internationally like this understands. That's why I often get along better with people who've lived abroad. Yeah. Yeah. They've expanded their horizons. But yeah, with that, we can like, that's a good. Full circle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We have a full circle. That was a great episode, guys. Thank you so much. Normally at this point. Thank you for having us. Two people who are going to listen to this. Tom, I know you're going to listen to this. Hope you enjoy it. We have one guy who always listens to it. It's my good friend, Tom. But yeah, thank you so much. Uh, normally at this port, like, because we not talk to a lot of like coaches and like business owners and stuff, ask them to plug themselves in. But I don't know if you guys have any businesses that you want to plug in for our two listeners. No, but uh, I'm gonna press like stop this now and then. Do, 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 do. Thank you so much. But yeah, thank you.